Hello from the BBC, I'm Rich Preston with an update on day 21 of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Cities across the country have come under renewed attack, including the capital Kiev, where a 12-storey residential block was hit. Former government advisor Igor Novikov spoke to the BBC. It was a difficult night. There's heavy fighting happening uh, to the northwest of Kiev. Every night, including this night, we play what we call a Russian roulette. So Russia would launch a few cruise missiles at residential buildings and you just never know where they land. Our correspondent Jeremy Bowen is in the city. Columns of smoke are rising from the northwestern side of Kyiv. A senior Ukrainian government official announced on social media that their armed forces were counterattacking. The signs point to a Ukrainian push in the strategically important area around the satellite towns of Erpin, Hostomel and Butcher. It is looking increasingly clear that the Russians do not have the combat power to break into Kyiv, a city that has been well organised for defence. There's also been further heavy bombardment of Ukraine's second biggest city, Kharkiv. Maria Avdiva lives there. And this house was hit by probably what was cluster munition, the red uh, rocket missile system. And I have seen this, uh, the signs of, it, of them all over the place. Also, other buildings were destroyed. Meanwhile, talks continue between Russia and Ukraine, with both sides saying they see a possible compromise on the horizon. But our chief international correspondent, Lise Doucette, says there are reasons to be cautious about any immediate sign of optimism. When it comes to withdrawal of troops, that is really, really tough. We do know that for Russia, the minimal goal in this so-called special military operations is a land corridor along the south connecting eastern Ukraine with Crimea. Russia has seemed to have taken some of that land and it's still battling for more. It is really hard to see how Russia will pull back its troops from that area. It matters it to it too much. At least it has to have some, some victory in this war to go back and tell its people. As the fighting continued, NATO defence ministers met to discuss the situation in Ukraine. The military alliance's secretary-general is Jens Stoltenberg. Since the start of the Russian invasion, allies have significantly stepped up our support for the brave Ukrainian people, government and the armed forces with military equipment, humanitarian and financial assistance. Today, it is even more important that we all support Ukraine. Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky has repeatedly asked NATO to implement a no-fly zone, meaning NATO fighter planes would patrol the skies over Ukraine. NATO has consistently rejected that request, fearing it would lead to a wider war with Russia. Its defence minister, Kale Lanit, was at that NATO meeting. The Estonian parliament declared very clearly and looking for the support for the implementing no-fly zone. Shortly after the NATO ministers met, President Zelensky addressed the US Congress. Appearing via video link, he called on America to do more to help withstand Russian attacks. The Ukrainian people are defending not only Ukraine. We are fighting for the values of Europe and the world. That's why today the American people are helping not just Ukraine, but Europe and the world to keep the planet alive. Mr Zelensky compared the Russian invasion of Ukraine to Pearl Harbor and the 9-11 attacks. He pleaded for the US to support a no-fly zone, to supply fighter jets to Ukraine and appealed directly to President Biden. The President Biden, you are the leader of the nation. I wish you to be the leader of the world 
being the leader of the world means to be the leader of peace. On Thursday morning, Mr. Zelensky is due to address Germany's parliament. As the fighting and diplomacy continue, more than three million people have now fled Ukraine. Most have gone to Poland. Second after that is Romania. The BBC's Nick Thorpe is there. Many Ukrainians reach Romania directly from the south or north, while others cross Moldova in transport corridors agreed between the two countries. The government, aid organisations and local people have organised a massive relief effort to help them. The majority of refugees travel on to other European countries, but tens of thousands have stayed. Russian military advances in the south along the Black Sea coast are the main concern now. 2.4 million people live in the Odessa Oblast, or province, which is Ukraine's largest. Those are the latest developments on day 21 of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. I'm Rich Preston at the BBC.